Hi, Royals fans. This is J.J. Piccolo. The University of Kansas Health System is the official health care provider of the Kansas City Royals. And gone! Trust the same experts who make the right call for the Royals and go to kansashealthsystem.com slash royals. Crank that music up. Let's see if we can wake Nate up. See if we can get him out of his morning-long stupor. I love this song. Get him out of his funk. Hey, follow me on Snapchat. SSJKC, and if I get a, a bunch of new followers in the next few minutes, I'll snap you some videos of Nate over here dozing off. I don't think I've been dozing off at all you today. Your, you, you were doing something weird with a coffee cup, and you had your face buried in it, and then you looked up at me, and both of your glasses were fogged out. What were you doing? Well, I, I heated up a cup of water and tried to inhale some... Uh, I just sound terrible right now. I know it because I can't breathe out of my nose. But you nose. looked up no. and you couldn't see. And sure. just, no, you don't. Sure. Let's, let's, let's have somebody bring a neti pot in. He was like, I thought... I thought I'd irritate like, those nostrils. I thought you'd fall asleep because I didn't know what you're doing. Because this is what I saw. This is what he's uh, like this. <laughs> fell asleep in his cup? Well, yesterday I took a hot shower said, and my sinuses kind of cleared up a little like bit this. when I took the hot shower. So I thought maybe if I just breathe then, in like a bunch of hot water. But then obviously steam, like steam it'll he maybe clear me up. It clearly is not working. <laughs> and he looked and both of his glasses were steam, oh, yeah. steamed up. <laughs> you need to uh, get like a little Vicks and with a Q-tip put up inside your I've nostril. already told I've you what to do. Uh, he doesn't listen to me. You one, know what I really one, want right one now? One snort of whiskey and it's cleared up. That's right. I could use one of Jake's uh, ginger cayenne shots. I got one. I only brought one today. Uh, no, I don't I, want to take I, yours. No, I, I, have, you I, know have, what? I have some at home. I think someone needs it more yeah. than anyone else. I think I could actually use it today. It might clear my sinuses a little bit. You know, you know. that cayenne in there. I'll, I've been doing this little mix thing. I'll make the it's going to cost you three dollars. Yeah. I'll tell you uh, what. When I get that way, I put it in before I get in the hot shower. Because then it just yeah. Oh, I like that. You get the steam there. It makes for a nasty shower, though, in a sense, because uh. you're cleaning the sinuses out, but it's good. How are you boys doing this morning? Good? going to be doing a lot better after he takes this shot of whatever Jake's giving him. I almost threw it up the only time I took one, so this could be interesting. What's it look like to you in that in that little jar? That Mark? looks like, to me, it looks like... Don't say uh, what it really looks like. No, I, I, I know what it really it looks like. like. It looks like... It looks like... It looks like uh, bacon grease. Okay, yeah. that's that's you know, it looks like old bacon grease that's congealed that you're using to cook with, right? Or some beef tallow. It looks like mother's milk. <laughs> beef tallow. Like Drink that. it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Drink some it. Tallow or some some bacon grease. In the family jewels. In the family jewels. Every damn night on the telephone. Down the chute he hey, goes. Cheers. Drink it. <laughs> cheers. Drink it. Drink it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Down that sucker. Oh, boy. Whoa. <laughs> what was that? A little steam coming up my nostrils. Wow. Welcome to the show, Mark. Here's what we got for you. I'll wake you Nate. up. Nate. i wake you up. Oh, he's going to throw up? Nah, he's no, right. I'm just trying to. Mm-hmm. Is it a spicy one? It it's, uh, stings the back of the throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Yep. Mark the tape. Uh, Mark. Okay. How we doing? Getting Good. back to what we were talking about here. Hey, can, I say, can I say something real quick? Sure. Before you guys get, before we get talking before about this. Before we get all You guys up. are talking about the EA college football game coming back, yeah. right? Which is awesome. Heard you guys talking about the old stuff. Um, I was telling Jake that I'm going to give a shout-out to my brother who lives in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, by the way. 
This past Sunday, he What's had his name? John what up? Richter, John B., uh, William Jewell Grad, nice. uh, from here in KC, lives in Sioux Falls. Brother John. This was the eighth year he's done his Tecmo Super Bowl, yep. okay, for Tecmo Bowl. Spells it like uh, the Sioux and Sioux Falls, by the way. Um, I sent it to you guys on, on Instagram. But um, <clears throat> he had over 100-some people come out to... A local establishment where they play a Tecmo Bowl uh, tournament uh, for prizes, and people come from like Green Bay, Wisconsin. I mean, I'd love does to it, do that. Does it for charity now? Um, giving him a shout out. Another successful event for him. But he's all aboard the retro train. They gave away. Uh, I don't know if they gave away a Christian Akoye jersey this year. Ooh. They gave away a Barry Sanders Oklahoma State jersey. Everything's retro, like nineties uh, prizes. He's gotten Jeff Perlman, who's written, you know the. Uh, Biography of of Bo Jackson and Brett Favre with Gunslinger and, and those has donated some books for prizes for him and stuff on a national level, so it's pretty cool. But. You know, it gets me in trouble with my wife a lot here on my phone. I have this uh, this game here. It Retro Bowl is pretty much a takeoff yep. of, of Tecmo yep. Bowl, but that's not my favorite game anymore. My favorite game is Retro Bowl College. Have you guys have you guys seen this? I've not seen Played this. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm obsessed with this. And so, did you see? Oh yeah, I'm Missouri. See there, I play in the SEC. You can create your, uh, you put in, edit names, your uniforms, whatever. And so they like, and it's and, and the gameplay is pretty. Pretty close to Tecmo Bowl, but mm-hmm. it's just like in the three minute quarters. You know how many times she'll be talking to me or doing something. She'll look over. <laughs> she'll are you playing that game? Said, nope. No, <laughs> and I drop my phone. It's a, and it keeps stats and it keeps career stats, and you can recruit. That's all. And I'm trying yeah. to I'm trying to win the SEC with this three star quarterback that has a rag arm. I'm telling you, it ain't easy. It is not easy. <laughs> you got to be open, committed. I got open receivers, and he can't hit nothing. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, sorry. We can. I just want to give him a shout-out quick. <sighs> so, Daniel Jeremiah. Yep. And this comes from uh, Charles Goldman at A to, A to Z Sports. Does a good job of writing about the Chiefs. Um. As the team approached the NFL trade deadline this past year, a popular name floated for the Chiefs was uh, Atlanta tight end Kyle Pitts, the former number four overall pick in the 21 NFL draft. Uh, had 68 catches for over 1,000 yards his rookie year, but he has not had that type of season since. Uh, but clearly Arthur Brown did for somehow did not know how to use him, uh, didn't really quite understand for a while, how to utilize uh, Bijan Robinson, Drake London, or really anyone on his team, and that's why he's been fired. Uh, and so, <laughs> I'm just telling you, um, Daniel Jeremiah was on his conference call, and he was asked about the Chiefs and what they might be looking for as far as names, wide receivers in the draft. We can get to that in a minute. But then he was asked specifically about the idea of a potential trade for the Chiefs to acquire Pitts. This is what he said. Gosh, if that's true, I haven't read that article, but if it's possible to go get Kyle Pitts, sign me up for that. Goodness gracious, 
that would be that would that would not be fair if that were to happen. You just got my head spinning with this Kyle Pitts thing. Is that out there? I have not read that. That would be as someone who calls Chargers games. I'm sure a lot of people would not be happy with that trade. Holy crap! And so this is a guy that understands. You know, you like Daniel Jeremiah, don't you? A lot. For once, I yeah. found someone you like and respect. And so finally, I wish you'd answer my text messages. Right, exactly. And you think about the success that the Chiefs had when they started going to, you know, three tight ends mm-hmm. and their utilization. And you, and you said, well, what do they need him for? They got Travis Kelsey. Oh, Andy Reid loves tight ends. And if you can get a guy, a weapon's a weapon, right? Yep. And if you can think about the mismatches and the creativity and what they could do with Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey and Kyle Pitts and whoever else on the field, that's that's why a guy like Daniel Jeremiah was his his, his mind was blown. It, it wouldn't be fair, and the mismatches in in the in in the opportunity for Andy Reid to to go to the lab right with Matt Nagy and Patrick Holmes and come up with some ideas. So, and it's, and it's it look and it's not out of the question that he could be available for trade. You don't know new coach coming in. One to acquire draft picks. That's what that's that's what you do, right? And so, and they're still trying to find the right quarterback. Um, and so I, I'll just thought it was interesting to to throw that out there to you. If somebody were to acquire him, he has one season left on his rookie deal. Yep, and then you would have until May to pick up his fifth year option this year. This yes. year. Yep. Yep. And I'm not saying the first round pick. I don't know. But I'm just saying, is that is that a trade that you would be interested in? That is something I would certainly look at for sure. Um, He's 23 years old, by the way. Yes, uh, an absolute athletic freak. At like six, what is six five, six six, two forty ish. I believe seven maybe? foot two. So okay. it was yep. shocking to me when I looked that up. Got to be the tallest tight end in history. Unbelievable. Right. But like he's. Six five, six six, somewhere in there. I think two forty five, two forty. I don't somewhere, but we'll but runs really moves really really well for his size. Is where I'm going with this, right? Super athletic yeah. tight end. It was in six six two forty six. Okay, so almost, and I'm not putting him in this mold, but freak athlete for his size, similar to like what a Calvin Johnson was, right? I'm, again, I'm not putting him in that category yet, but just if you're looking at comparables on things, um, I don't know. Necessarily, if I would send the number thirty-two overall pick for that, but I would certainly be open to it, right? And, and the reason I say that is, you're always looking to put more weapons around Patrick Mahomes. We all know that. We've obviously had multiple discussions about the receiving core this year on this show. It's been obviously a topic of conversation. We understand that's a need uh, to find another young guy. Uh, Rishi Rice obviously had a great rookie year. His arrow is pointing up. I think everybody agrees on that. Um, but you've got to find some more youthful players in there as well. And by the way, the fifth year option would be about ten point eight million. Correct. Correct. But still, if it's a stud weapon, that's right. That's so fine. you're not that. trading. Where I'm going with this is you're not in a spot where um, it's similar, kind of, to the Orlando Brown situation, but it's not. You know, in a sense, because you have a fifth year option, you can pick up. You have an extra year of control. 
of the player uh, on that side of things. Now, of course, he could want more money at that point or something, too. Where, uh, But at 23, 24 years old, um, that's certainly a weapon I would look at because he can play that tight end position similar to a wide receiver, right? Similar to kind of what Travis Kelsey does. And let's be, you know, if you're looking at this from a personnel side of things, we don't know how much longer Travis Kelsey is going to play, right? We all love him in Kansas City on things. But – and and he still had a really, 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 really good year this year. Even, quote, a down year for Travis Kelsey, right, on things. But, you know, he's not getting any younger, right? So you start to have – you have to start looking at, at some other potential options there. Noah Gray has been a fine player for them. He's not obviously at the level of Travis Kelsey, but he's been a fine player for them and a contributor. And he's the only tight end, the only, only other tight end that's under contract correct, right now. Correct. So I, I think where I'm going with this is that I would certainly entertain that with Kyle Pitts. Now, what's the cost that Atlanta's going to want to, you know, for him, right, in that situation? And too? I can see why Atlanta would want to do it. Yeah, but is it going to cost you more than the 32nd pick? Right? Is it going to what? What else is it going to cost you? Potentially, um, if the price is right on that side of things, and then I also think, you know, that, that's a move that probably comes closer to the draft or around draft day because, you know, you kind of have to look at if you're Brett Beach and you're the entire personnel staff and the coaching staff and the organization of the Chiefs. We know, and I know this for a fact, and I know that Brett Beach tried to trade up a year ago for some wide receivers, didn't work out. When you've had the success that they've had over the last several years, not a lot of teams are willing to want want to trade with you uh, to improve yourself, especially if it's a team in your division or in your conference on the AFC side of things. Uh, it's harder to find a little bit of a trading partner. Sometimes you have to pay a little bit more of a premium on, on that side of things. So I think you, you have to look at your draft board, look at your other team needs as well. Obviously, best player available comes that, but is, is Kyle Pitts – you know, to see become the best player available to you at a spot that that is, you know, the thirty second spot in the draft, and those are all factors you have to weigh. But I, in the long run, answer, I guess I would certainly entertain it for sure. And he said that you know many of the elite wide receivers are going to be out of their reach at thirty two. Daniel Jeremiah said uh, he said he loves Brian Thomas Jr. but said he'll think he thinks he'll be gone, so he had him taking Troy Franklin. Out of Oregon, a lot of people have him going to the Chiefs in their in their mock draft, uh, and also in this article, write this one down for later. Charles Goodman, uh, Charles Goldman, who has uh, some good information, uh, said the Chiefs sources have told him the Chiefs are high on Western Kentucky wide receiver Malachi Corley. So, just really this different. is a fairly deep. Uh, receiving class, from what I've seen. I like Lad McConkey out of Georgia. Yes, I think you know one. Of, we all know this, but and this is probably a little bit unfair. But um, Rasheed Rice obviously had a really good rookie year. McCole Hartman had a good rookie year his first year here. Um, obviously, Brett Veach traded up for both of those guys. Um, they haven't. If there's been one position, they haven't done a great job of drafting at overall it's probably the wide receiver position in general um now that's a that's a statement though that you've still got 
McCole Harmon has been a – you guys know where I've sit with him. We've talked about him a lot. But he's been a solid player for this team, right? An unfair expectation, and I've said this before, with him because of who else was drafted behind him in certain situations, right, on stuff that he's always going to be compared to those guys. And so was the McCole Harmon trade not this, this past year but in the draft uh, the wrong thing to do? I don't think it was, you know, at the time. On things, and you can always look back in hindsight on all that kind of stuff. But he was a solid player for this team and, and contributor to this organization. So, again, it's a deep receiving class. It's the one position they really probably now. Rasheed Rice looks like they hit on that, you know, probably to the expectation level that's going to be there. But this is the thing about the NFL draft. It's the Chiefs have been extraordinarily good as a whole through the Brett Beach era. And even right before that, um, you know, I know we missed on Breland Speaks. That happens with first round picks. There's a for every first rounder that's gone on to be an All Pro. There's like ten other guys that are, are busts, right, or just solid players in the league. They're not all game breakers. You're projecting what you think they're going to be. So they've been really, really good at drafting, regardless of the position overall as a whole. Um, but you start looking at the needs of this team: receiver or another playmaker is obviously one. Running back has to be in the in the discussion in some capacity. Left not tackle. in the not in the first couple rounds, but I'm saying like there's going to be some really good running backs available later. Left tackle, as you mentioned, there's going to um, be some really good, interesting veteran running backs available. Yes. I think they're going to go cheap. The other yes, the other portion of that too is, and we've had this discussion. You, you it's not just about this coming year and the 24 season. It's about the seasons after, right? Because you've got a Trey Smith, a Creed Humphrey. Um, they're all eligible for extension. Nick, We've, Bolton. We, Nick Bolton, right? Yeah. We know oh, yeah. we know Willie Gay Jr. is probably not going to be here based on what he said uh, right. out there. You have to let good players go, but you also have to start signing some guys to potential extensions if you want to keep them, right? Those all help your salary cap in the long term on things, but they've done a really good job of roster management with – Young players that they've drafted who've come in and, and been starters and big-time players on this team for cheap, right? And now you have to start paying some of those guys or letting them go. Now, I'll say this. On terms of the internal offensive line, they've done a really good job of drafting young guys in there and then in some cases letting those guys go, right? Mitch Morse still playing for Buffalo Bills. Rodney Hudson still playing somewhere. Was he Houston now? I think maybe somewhere. But he went to the Raiders, right, as a free yep. agent. Then he's somewhere else still, as a center. They've had three starting centers that are still playing in the National Football League <laughs> and starting for other teams. Or well, two. been with Arizona last okay. year. So yeah. two starting for other teams, though, and one, you know, obviously in Creed Humphrey here. So, like, where I go with that is they've done a really good job of drafting, using young <laughs> players at cheap and supplementing some higher-priced guys, right? They go out and get Juwan Taylor last year. Donovan Smith was a one-year deal. Um, I think you got to try to find a younger left tackle there, Stephen. You know, and they, yes. on that piece, I think that's 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 a need that you want to try to find a guy that obviously you're going to invest in, but um, that's going to be the guy there for several years. That'd be nice to have a on a rookie contract a guy at left tackle. It's difficult to find. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the same thing when people start talking about wide receivers too, right? Like in terms of like free agency and what's an elite wide receiver. They got to go get a number one wide receiver. 
the reality is is that there's only like five to ten number actual number one game breaker wide receivers in the league, right? And then then you got a group of like twenty other guys that are really really good, um, who you'd all like to have on your team probably, right? But to find the Tyree kills of the world don't really exist; they're unicorns, you know, on things, and so it makes the projection difficult. But I'm excited to see what they're going to do because they have a lot of options. That's the other beauty of this: when you won the Super Bowl. You got a lot of options, a lot of ways you can go. You can go trade for a Kyle Pitts. I don't think anybody would be upset about that. You can go draft a wide receiver. You can move up. You move up to take a left tackle if you wanted to. Um, but it's difficult, and you have options depending on how the draft in round one goes. That maybe you trade out and pick up some extra picks because of where guys have fallen. You never know. You remember the draft specifics a lot more than me, Stephen. I can't remember. Did they trade up to get to Rasheed Rice's pick? Yes. So. There's a there's a hell of a track record for the Chiefs when they got a guy that they really want. They're they going, go they're get, him, get him, yeah. And and they they it usually seems to turn out really really well. Trade for Shamari Connor. Trade for Shamari Connor. Traded for McDuffie, right? Traded for Mahomes. Now, like the one I can think of is I think they traded up to get Breland Speaks, and that one didn't really turn out. But when we talk about their success or lack thereof at the wide receiver position. Well, they traded up to get one. They got a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. You know, Sky Moore was a second-round pick. Hasn't really worked out. But they didn't invest a first-round pick in it. Right. You know, and right. McCole Hardman was a third-round pick, second-round second pick, too. And they moved back on Sky Moore. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. And so now you can make the case, well, there were other wide receivers there. They could have. But but my point being is, like, if, if they decide there's a wide receiver they want to go get, I actually kind of trust them to even do that. Because it seems like typically when they get aggressive and go after somebody – they they are really successful. I trust Brett Veach so much with these draft picks. I'm really hesitant to let any of them go. Pitts would be great to daydream of on this team for a couple years, but first of all, his cap hit would be over ten million dollars each of those two years. So, what does that res- does that restrict you in other regards when it comes to trying to keep Snead? Well, or here's here's the thing with that too, and and his his agent. That's a good point, right? On his cap hit, the you know if you're trading for him. And because he's coming to the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't know who his agent is, but his agent's going to want a long-term deal right away. Because now he's he's finished his third year, so he's eligible for an extension. That doesn't mean the Chiefs have to give it to him. <laughs> By any right. means, right? On stuff. But the way I look at this, if you're looking at Kyle Pitts, you're looking for the future okay, on things. Because you get the fifth-year option, you don't know how long, much longer Travis Kelsey's going to play. He's entering in the final two years of his deal right? on things. If you think Kelsey's going to play another two years, maybe he wants more. Maybe maybe Kelsey wants an extension this offseason, too, a little bit more. Who knows, right? There's a lot of different things at play here. You can finagle and work some ways to fit that $10 million cap hit underneath. I look at it this way in the future. Let's say you don't give you trade for Kyle Pitts. You don't give him an extension right away. You take the fifth-year option. He comes in here, and technically his fourth year has a really good year on things, and you're like, okay, he is our next Travis Kelsey, right? You can sign him to a longer-term deal, and that contract, if Kelsey retires or moves on or whatever, that becomes a one-for-one, one, right, on things for you. So, again, a lot of factors in play. Um, how do you fit that into the cap? Do you want to sign Chris Jones back? Or are you at the point? Yes. You know, I think, well, I know we all do, but my point is, <laughs> right, like, yes, we all do. Which do you want more? Yeah, where, what do you want more right now for the future Chris of your, Jones. your club? Me too. And that's... Those are all the decisions why Brett Beach is going to sign a new contract extension and get paid a lot of money to figure that out with Andy Reid. 
I guess one of the positives would be if you trade for Pitts now, you're kind of trading for a stock that's low, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he, his touchdown production, he's only got six touchdowns in his three years. Now, how much of that is the system? How much of that is not having a quarterback that can get him the ball? So maybe you can get a good value there because he's undervalued because his mm-hmm. stats aren't as good as what he will do with the Chiefs. But I also think there's a little bit of a risk there that you're trading based on the idea that he's going to be something he hasn't been in three years of the NFL yet just because of his profile. And I... To revisit your point about – because I'm definitely one of those ones that they should be on the lookout for whoever whoever their next go-to guy is. That, that should be like one of their biggest priorities over the next year or two because Kelsey can be is going to be less and less that guy, and then he's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't need the guy. Maybe they don't need a, a Justin Jefferson. Yeah, like I, that's that's what I say about the, the other wideers. There's only five, quote, like elite, elite guys in the league. But if they get – Two other really good ones. Yes. yes. Another another guy that produces at the level that Rasheed Rice does. Yep. And a tight end that doesn't produce maybe at the level that Kelsey does, but produces at the level of a really good tight end. Then they don't need that number one guy necessarily. And I just feel like keep. I, I would I would rather see Brett Veach acquire draft picks than give them away. Yeah. Right I, now. I, I'm I'm. I understand that. I'm with you there. Right. Like this Kyle Pitts thing all just came up this morning as I walked yeah. in here. Right. We're talking yeah. about it, but I. Because he's an intriguing yeah. name and, and athletically and everything else. But I, if this hadn't come to fruition this morning, we weren't talking about this, I would be sitting here going, okay, at the number 32 pick, is there a guy you know you want at that spot, right? If not, trade out of the first round because there's going to be a team yeah. in the second round that wants to trade back up in because they do, with that first round pick, you get it at that fifth year option, that extra year of potential control. And maybe that's a quarterback for another team, right, that wants to jump into that mix. You don't know. And throw numbers at the wide receiver position, right? And when I say throw numbers, it's not you got to draft four of those guys or whatever, but you got to get a couple of them. And just like they did two years ago when they threw numbers at the defensive back position, right? And that was the McDuffie draft. But they got all these other guys in that piece, right? Um, and Brian Cook was in that draft, I think, too, right? Like, there's just... I, th- I think by throwing numbers at you're at a luxury here because you've got a really good roster right now. You've got to finagle some things. You've got to do some stuff. But the Chiefs have always been, um, I don't want to use the term conservative, but they've been, let's put this, they've been fiscally responsible when it comes to the salary cap. You look at the New Orleans Saints as a perfect example. Like, the New Orleans Saints every year are renegotiating guys Deals just to get cap compliant going into freedoms. Why? Because they put a bunch of void years on guys' deals that aren't going to happen. They just kick the can down the road every single year. And then at some point, that bill comes due on your salary cap with dead cap. The Chiefs have really never done that in terms of void years with guys' contracts. They've been fiscally responsible with it. And so, again, you got to work all these, these numbers and finagle these things. Like, there's... There's ways they can be flexible. Like Mahomes has bonus structure and different things. They can convert other stuff to bonuses and kick his out. You know why they can kick his out? Because he's going to be here for a long time, right? I don't think there's anybody here that thinks that's going to be any different. But I, I, I think otherwise, If again, if we weren't talking about Kyle Pitts right now, I'd be sitting there going, okay, if we get to late in the first round and want to trade out, can we do that? Unless there's a guy there you want to go get. I also wouldn't put it out of the question that they trade a player from this roster Along with a package of picks to move up or something too, right? He, he really hasn't shown the willingness to, to trade 
out of the first round or down in the first round. No. But I also think... If there was ever a year, it would have been last year. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of that, though, too, was the draft was here. The draft was here. Yeah. Things. But... I'm just talking about the way the draft fell. I I wouldn't rule it out that they trade... You know, I don't want to throw names out there, but, like, is there a guy like Trey Smith or somebody that you go, hey, we don't know if we're going to be able to afford this guy long term now, so we're going to go ahead and move. We'll trade him, you know. It could be a defensive back that's on your roster right now, too, right? you got depth there. I don't know. I wouldn't rule – let's put it this way. I wouldn't rule out anything. We're just going <laughs> to have to – You're open for business all the way around the board. We're just going to have to come to the realization that Brett Veach's balls are too big to trade out of the first round. He's trading up. <laughs> All right? That's what he does. It's what, that's what he do. Maybe his balls are big enough to, to, to surprise you. Well, is, is, when someone tells you who they are, you should listen. Good balls. He, he trades up. Good balls. You know, I, 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 yeah. I, I get it. The, the draft is in Kansas City. But there, if there was ever a draft that fell in a way that suggested they should trade out, it was this past one. None of the yeah. receivers are there, and you know, but we'll see. Good balls. Right now, Brett Beach is the man. That's it. Back after this on WHP. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHP. We talked about this in the six o'clock hour. What about this interview that uh, Sean McDermott did with the Athletic, where he said, "It's not if, but when he wins a Super Bowl with the Buffalo Bills." How about that? And some so he said it, it's not if, it's when. And the athletic posted that on Twitter, and so a lot of smart ass responses. Well, Russell Wilson wants to win two in the next five years, it's, also. Uh, so. so people responding to Sean McDermott saying, "When you get fired, when, when, when pigs fly, Mahomes like retires, when Andy Reid retires, when you know there's so you know I don't." What do you think of that? Nope. Not uh, very many coaches would say it. Love the confidence. Do you? Do you get real confidence? Mm. No, <laughs> I don't. Right. I, I mean, you don't. You don't. To your point, Steve, you don't hear coaches say that publicly. Internally, right? like, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've also heard him say some things internally that. He shouldn't have said. He shouldn't have said right. it at all. So, I, I think what, what you're seeing what is, is now. we're yeah. in a we're in a, a great spot here in Kansas City. That as long as 15 is the quarterback here, right? They've always got a shot. And when you've won three Super Bowls in the last five years, been to four, all the AFC Championship games in a row, um, you know the narrative that Mahomes has never won on the on the road in the playoffs. Why? Because he never had to go on the road in the playoffs. Till this year, they go slay all the dragons on the way there. It's you're starting to see the effect of being in the heads of every other organization, right? Like Antonio Pierce coming out and talking about the Mahomes rules, and you know, just different things that that's what happens when you're on top of the mountain. And those the other guys, the mountain, they are, and they got to figure. Like people are looking at this, going, okay. This was a down year in the regular season for the Chiefs, and they just rolled look, through the playoffs. Look, of all franchises and of all cities, Buffalo should understand that even though you, you get close year after year, even though you have a window and you're right there, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right. 
It's hard. They it's went hard. to four straight Super Bowls and didn't win one. Yeah. yeah. And that group of Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid, under Marv Levy, they never won one. The only thing I'll say about that, they yes, they never won one. I'll say this about Sean McDermott. If there's any head coach in the league, you look around, though, and we talked about this a little bit before the Super Bowl or after with Kyle Shanahan. You know, McDermott was on the staff with Andy Reid in Philadelphia, right? He's off that tree. So if Sean McDermott says in his mind when, it's because I witnessed Andy Reid go to all these straight NFC championship games in Philadelphia and not win, finally get to the Super Bowl and not win. Then I moved on to a different organization, and now I've taken them to the success that they've had, right? So is there hope? Is there light at the end of the tunnel for him as a head coach, right, in Buffalo? Maybe so. Maybe so. And that's the only thing I can think at and point to is, like, you know, Andy Reid's career was that way until he got to Kansas City. Yeah. The problem is Andy Reid had to get Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Sean McDermott's not going anywhere and getting a better quarterback. No. He's already got the best quarterback he can get unless he somehow replaced Andy Reid in Kansas City and got Mahomes. You can't get a better quarterback than Josh Allen. Yeah. Because they're not available. Number two, Andy Reid in Philadelphia in those NFC Championship losses lost to a variety of teams. Yep. Right? They lost to Tampa. Then they lose to Carolina. Lost to Arizona. A wide variety of teams, right? Buffalo keeps losing to the same guy over. It's a, it's a, yeah. It's a real roadblock. And they ain't going anywhere. So it's not, you know, you, you could talk. It was, it was weird. How many different teams? Look it up, Jake. How many different teams Philadelphia lost to in the championship game? Then they got to the Super Bowl, and then and then Brady stopped them. But for for Buffalo, you have to feel like this past year there was no Joe Burrow, so that eliminated one roadblock that took you out the year before, and then you're finally getting the Chiefs at home in Buffalo. How often is that going to happen? Right. And you felt like the conditions were right. You had you had you had beaten them in in the regular season, and it just didn't happen. Yep. And so there's no just there's no guarantee. And that's something that I used to get somewhat irritated by when I'd hear Carl Pierce say this all the time. You know, just uh, you keep knocking at the door, you get in the tournament, and at some point it's gonna no, it's it no, <laughs> it's that no no no. Just because you keep knocking at the door, no, it's it's, it's it, it doesn't automate. There's so many. Look at it. There's so many. I just talk about Buffalo. Talk about the Chiefs of the '90s. There's so many examples of that. The teams that were so close, so close, so close, and just couldn't get it done for one reason or another. Uh, Jake, what do you got for me? So they lost to St. Louis in '01, Tampa Bay '02, Carolina '03. Uh, then they beat Atlanta in '04. And then uh, they beat Arizona, and or they lost to Arizona. Yeah. So four, they were four and one, one and four, one and four. Yeah, my head's backwards. Yeah. So the point is, there was, you know, it wasn't some well, well, this this no. damn team that we here's, can't get past. Here's the other thing, and this is where the Chris Jones conversation Kurt Warner comes, twice though yeah. comes into play yeah. too a little bit. You know, Buffalo <clears throat> two years ago went out and paid an aging Vaughn Miller a lot of money, a lot of money, and. 
And I'll give credit to Nate Bucati. He said that was stupid when it happened, and it was, and it's even dumber now. Stupid. Teams in their situation become desperate, right? Because you're like, okay, we're one guy away. You start nitpicking yeah. your roster instead of, quote, maybe staying to the plan because you're like, okay, this one's going to get us over the hump. This free agent is going to get us over the hump. And the vast majority of large free agent signings are disappointments, right? It's not that they're bad players. They just – it usually doesn't work out the way everybody wants it to long term. And – as you discuss this, again, when you're on top of the mountain, everybody's trying to figure out what that edge is going to be. It's no different than every year, every team's roster construction usually is how do we match up with our division? Because you've got two games against every single team in your division. You know, that's that's six games, right? Because you got three. Yeah. And now since he's games, putting the tag on T. Higgins, yeah. we know that. So that's yeah. what's that going to do to the rest of the roster? Yeah, and that could be – Cincinnati could be looking at that going, okay, we're tagging him. We might want to trade him, you know, because we control that. But but I don't see the Chiefs going to get T. Higgins now that he's not going to be a no. free agent. They're not going to trade with Cincinnati, and Cincinnati is certainly going to ask a premium, even more of a premium price. They wouldn't price. trade him to the Chiefs. No, they wouldn't. So, so as, we, as we prepare to enter free agency and then the draft, things will change over the next month or so. But right now, if you consider – you know, who the coach is, the trajectory of the franchise, what their salary cap situation is, age, all the factors that, that we would consider right now. What's what's the power ranking of AFC teams? Leave the Chiefs out of it. They're the champs. They're the king of the mountains. I'm talking about contenders for the Chiefs in the AFC that you think have the best chance of unseating them this year, next year, whenever. You've got Buffalo. You've got Cincinnati with a healthy Burrow. you got Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. Do you want to include anyone else? Do you want to include Harbaugh and the Chargers? I think you should. The the, the, the Texans with C.J. Stroud. The the Dolphins and, and Coach Vape. Whatever. <laughs> Is there anyone else you want to mention? Does anyone else belong? Texans, I yeah, said that. Okay, yeah. I don't think you can put Jacksonville in there. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I, I I said Jacksonville last all season. I removed them from yeah, discussion. I, Trevor Lawrence is, I think, a good quarterback. But you look at what he did this year; it was really not very good. Overall. Now he was hurt. Yeah, he was playing with a bad shoulder. Maybe if he's healthy, he's. And again, this might be I'm with you. I did. This I, also I might be him. one of those things. Like I think he's a really good quarterback, right? Yeah. But but this also might be a little unfair because you were the one-one overall pick in the draft, yeah. right? So there's these loftier expectations. Same with uh, Baker he didn't Mayfield. Play well last but, year. Down no, he did. He, he did not. And they've you know, the year before when they made the playoffs and obviously came here to Kansas City and lost, they went kind of on a. Historic run toward the end of the season for them, right? I, I don't want to call it historic, but uh, maybe an unusual, unexpected, unexpected run in Doug Peterson's first year. Like they still got a lot of work to do with that roster as a whole in Jacksonville. So Josh just tweeted in an interesting uh, comment: Organizations start to build teams to beat the Chiefs instead of trying to build championship teams. Here's the problem: Which Chiefs are they trying to beat? So they were trying to beat the team with the high-octane offense and the leaky defense from a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. 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 
now you you got to try to beat a quarterback who can play any game you want to play. Doesn't matter who can who can who can pick you apart all the way down the field, or can light you up if you if you show him the right coverages, along with the defense that is taking the next next step, and, and they and they could beat you in knockdown dragouts like a game in in Baltimore. And so, what do you try? What do you? How do you? How are you? How are you constructing that? Yeah, I think because they can morph. The Chiefs are like. I know people get mad when I bring up the Patriots, but I have to because that's the only thing you can compare them to. They're like the Patriots now. They can morph into whatever they got to be to beat you because that's how good Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Steve Spagnuolo are. It is. And, I, you know, you can look at this team from this year in the national narrative. Like, what's wrong with the Chiefs? What's wrong with the Chiefs? We talked about it here a lot. Everybody in Kansas City, this offense isn't the same. They're not good enough to go win a Super Bowl. Well, their defense was way better than it was a year ago. And you were able to ride that and win in different ways. And I've, I've said it before, Patrick Mahomes is a greedy quarterback on the field, right? He wants to throw the ball down the field. He wants to be aggressive. But he's been able to, I don't want to use the term mature, but kind of mature into a different quarterback, right? Understanding, and that's what makes him great, and that's what makes the great quarterbacks great. Understanding what it is they got to do exactly, um, you know, to get where they are. And so being able to win in a different way, is scary because you're right. How do you construct that? You beat them in. They, they, they can win anyway. So before we break, give me the team. Who's the number one contender in the AFC? To the Chiefs' throne, to the crown. Bend the knee. I'll say Baltimore. Baltimore says Mark Bowrichter. Well, they. I think they do what what the emailer suggested. They just try to build a good team. Tell me no. the number one contender. Just this coming year. Just right now. A year or two, whatever. Who's the number one contender? Well, I think you could actually make a case going forward for the Chargers. Front runner. I mean, I, I don't know. We'll. Fi- I think we'll find out under Harbaugh if you, Herbert really has it. We know he has that's it physically, fine. right? If you want to say that, that's fine. Well, well, we, we know, like, it, all the quarterbacks we're talking about, Burrow, Allen, Jackson, are – does Herbert not physical? I'm just talking about the physical tools. I'm with you on that. Is he not with those guys I'd and what he could do physically? Their coach was incompetent. Right. Like he could physically do all that. He could throw the ball as far as, as, as Josh yeah. Allen. He can run. He's big. He's strong. He's got all that stuff. The question about him is, does he have the mental part and the intangibles? Is he a leader? I'll, can def- he deliver? I'll, I'll defend him on this part, though. He's had three different offensive coordinators. That's the, what I'm the saying. The problem with the Chargers right now is that they are, look at their cap. They are screwed. Okay. They are their cap at, is off. Oh, they, they're they're you got you got. It might take a couple Keenan years. Allen, yes, it's going right? to take a, Keenan yeah. Allen, you got they, Mike they Williams, who's always hurt. Like there's there's, there's a lot team. of different stuff there. I'm, I'm probably going to say the Bengals. Three men yeah. with three different answers. And, and like when I say the Chargers, I don't mean for next year. I mean like for the for the next few yeah, years. Yeah, it's going to take them two years to get. I right. believe Harbaugh will get yeah. them. They'll get, be dangerous, but their, their culture will the, be better. They are screwed right but now. Like you, they're like I, 55 million I, over I, the cap today. I don't know this yet. We'll see. But, like, Buffalo and Cincinnati might – those two quarterbacks might be so good that as long as they have those quarterbacks, yeah. they're legitimate contenders. Yeah. Well, we, we got to see Burrow stay on the field. But we already seen the Chargers. That's yeah. not what Herbert is. Right. Because, he, you know, because his, his coach was bad enough to where they, they couldn't even get in the playoffs. Right. But you're right. That's part of Burrow's thing. Who's your team? Now you've had – well – 
if Burrow's healthy, it's probably Cincinnati. But that's part of the deal. Yeah. Flip a coin. You can't make the club in the tub. That's right. But like you, you can't, can't when you're getting paid twenty five million dollars. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you can't help the club. You're guaranteed to make the club. But if you have four seasons and yes. two of them yes. you haven't finished, yes, that you're correct. That's, that, that's that's part of your story. It is part of your story. One hundred percent. And he didn't Fair start enough. last season because he got it. He had. How dare you? And so it's absolutely. Right? It's right. No, it's absolutely right. And that's why I think the the as far as quarterbacks, number two is Josh Allen. And Josh Allen, he's had games good enough to beat Mahomes. Yep. The 13-second game. Oh, like, yeah. I, I, like, if you were Josh Allen, like, how many game-winning drives do I have to go on? Right. Yeah. I, I, how many? What, what do he I, led them down there. They right. scored, and it was like, okay, this game's well, on. And that's what? also on McDermott. You're, punting, you're kicking yeah. off to There him. you go. McDermott lost the game, yeah. not Josh Allen. Yeah. So, to Squib, me, squib kick. Josh Allen didn't say, hey. Fake punt to DeMar Hamlin. He's never handled the ball before. So what? Let's see what he can do. You know what? That's why if I'm in Buffalo, I'm thinking, we got the right quarterback. I don't know if we have the right coach. Because the quarterback's done enough. Well, Zach Taylor, I, I I believe in Zach Taylor more than I do McDermott. Well, he believes in you. Well, one of the things that I think we saw this year, you're talking about which Chiefs team are you building your team to beat. I think a big mistake that a lot of teams made this year was they were trying to beat the old Chiefs teams instead right. of beating this year's yeah, Chiefs yeah. team. They're behind. You don't need to fake punt against this Chiefs team. You actually might be able to stop their offense yes. every once in a while. You know, but but and it took the Chiefs a long time to figure that out this year. That was one of the things we talked about late in the season was they've got to realize they don't have to take all these risks and go for it on fourth down and score because they can actually rely you, on their defense. You know what they well, and this is and once their they defense that wasn't as great during this time, but. They went back offensively to more of the Alex Smith era. Yeah. Right? And the yeah. difference is, the difference but is. They needed Mahomes. Right, right. That's exactly. Mahomes. The the Alex Smith that era. is the yeah. difference. That but is the major difference. In in the final two minutes, Mahomes. Be Mahomes, yes. That, <laughs> that, is, that is the major difference. And Alex yep. Smith was honestly a really yeah. good quarterback. Yeah, right? He was. But yep. in terms of can you put it in his hands to go down and win a game when you needed to, that is the major difference between those two guys. But their offense this year yeah. went back more into a little bit of that mold. We'll take a break back into this on WHP. Welcome back to the show. You guys figure everything out in the commercial break? Heard some trade possibilities? I was making the case to Boerkter how I would try to tag and trade Legereus Sneed if possible. You want him gone. Try to run him out of town. If you could get... All options are on the table. If you get a couple good draft picks for him... Like what? What would you want? I don't know. What are you asking for? You're the one who wants to tag him and trade him. Couple of couple of picks of the first three rounds. What's he worth? If you could get like a first and a fourth, something like make, that. Don't too. just make faces back there, Jake. Say something. If he's off, say it. Interesting. Because what you do is if if you get a couple of uh a couple of picks for him that are in the first two days of the draft, that also gives you ammunition. To maybe package some 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 picks together and move up in the first round if you want to get that yeah. that that left tackle that's going to be your guy for the next however many years or that wide receiver that's going to be Mahomes' number one guy for the next however many years, you get yourself ammunition to either do that or just more picks to where you can throw numbers at things. I want I want to arm Brett Veach with as much draft capital as possible, and. I don't know what I don't know what the market would say. That'd be a good question for Daniel Jeremiah. Well, what would somebody give? Is, the thing is like. You can go out and get a guy like Xavier Howard, right, and not have to give up any draft picks. So uh, it's just like 
He's not Lejarius Sneed right now, though, in his career. He's not, but you're also not. You're right. You're also. To your point, you're, you're, you're saying he's a little lesser water player, but he's also a lot cheaper. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but somebody but somebody might be looking at it going, man, look at what Legereus Sneed does for that defense, and boy, could we use him. What if I, someone said second-round pick is what he's worth? That's what you give. Just you one second-round yeah, pick? second-round pick. I don't know. I think I need more I, than that. I don't know. If, if I, I was it. offered a second-round pick, you're if I franchise tag him and took him, you're going to get more out of that than if you just let him go in free agency yep. on a com- yeah. compensatory pick. Because the compensatory picks also – the formula for that, which I don't know the exact what formula, the top eight, it's also what you go pick up in free agency also. So that could end up what would, what would normally be a third-round pick for losing that guy, right? Because compensatory picks are third round and on. Like a third or fourth-round pick for him could end up becoming a sixth or seventh because you acquired somebody else in free agency. I want a high second-round pick, not like a late one, you know? I think that's uh, – I'd take whatever I can get. Whatever you can get. All right. Well, so you're if, up for trading. If you're getting a second round pick for him. I, that's something I would certainly do. Yeah, I mean because you're going to get nothing. Like to Mark's point, you're going to get nothing if you let him walk in free agency. So if the team had a second round pick anywhere in the second round, okay. there's a lot of value there. I mean, the Chiefs have had a lot of success with some of those picks. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. I love it. The question is too is what again? What does the market feel about him? Right yeah. on things. Um, I think you could make the argument that this year he actually cost himself money on the free agency market because he played his way into the franchise tag potentially on some things, <laughs> right? Long t- I'm saying long yeah. term. Not that yeah. he's not going to get a long term deal, but in free agency, you know, he might have been on the Charverius Ward type of type of side of things, uh, getting a nice deal out there, and now he's got to deal with the franchise tag as a bargaining chip. So. But, Look, the reality of the situation is the Chiefs have a lot of different options, right? They've got to make some decisions on some of these young players for extensions that are eligible for extensions. They don't have to give them extensions right now, but usually you want to get ahead of the extension game as opposed to you know having to do it when they're entering free agency. All options are on the table. They can trade a player to move up. They can move back. They got a lot of a lot of a lot of scenarios that can happen. See, yeah. there's also going to be a lot of cap casualties out there too. Here over the next couple weeks. Yeah. Like, Jake talked about the Chargers. I mentioned Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Those are both really good wide receivers. Mike Williams can never stay on the field, though. Not healthy. You know, things like that. But there might be some bargains out there, too. I'm trying to find corners that have been traded. It's not a perfect comp. Jalen Ramsey was traded to the Dolphins in March of 2023 for a third-round pick in tight end Hunter Long. But Ramsey had three years remaining on his deal. And as part of the trade, the Dolphins agreed to guarantee the next two seasons on the deal. Ramsey was uh, all-pro selection 2021. So how about Legereus Sneed for Kyle Pitts? Here we go. Look at Jake's face. TV for a tight end? <laughs> a couple years? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you keep your 30-second pick. You're not trading your first round pick based on the scenario we talked about earlier. But I just—I mean, if I'm a if I'm a team looking to build on my defense, what a building block Legereus yep. Sneed could be. Yep. If you're the Chiefs, you have you have a lot of youth at that position. I know they're not all Legereus Sneed in terms of talent wise, completely right and performance. But you got Trent McDuffie. Yeah. You know, it's not in a situation like Charverius Ward a couple years ago where Legereus Sneed was coming on in his rookie year, and you said, "Okay, we're going to move on from this corner." You've got a, You've got an All Pro already there. You have young ascending players yes, that can you. step up. 
But with Chris Jones, there is no replacing him. No. There is just, there is no, he is, there's no replacing him. He's, that's why I demand Chris Jones back, and I'd be willing to listen on luxurious need. Mark Barbicker, thank you for the time. Thanks, fellas. Enjoy the weather today. Yeah, Before it snows gonna, tonight. Snow. That's uh, Mark Bo Richter, former Chiefs wide receiver on Sports Radio 810 WHP.